Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Folks, I'm going to preface today's episode with the fact that it is a Friday as we record this and Waz has gone a little silly. I I take Don't. great offence at being told that I'm being silly. <laughs> We've been sitting here for the last 20 minutes making some pretty big discussions <laughs> and decisions around our business and Warwick's been talking like this for the whole time. I'm just being serious with you, Nicole. <laughs> Can you do the MCG bit again? <laughs> Richie Benno. I think I do the worst Richie Benno impersonation oh, in well, the I world. Well, I couldn't do it, so mine's worse than yours. Two, two, yes, we're testing here at the MCGS. That's awful. I actually do a better You're Scottish <laughs> accent oh, or Irish. I don't know which one it is. I think it's Scottish. Well, you would offend one or the other by calling it the wrong thing, wouldn't you? Oh, hi, I would. No, I did that's... this at Christmas time. And my name was Viking Warwick. What for? For a party? For my kid. <laughs> and, and my niece and nephew. And I spoke like this for a long time. Can you keep it going the whole episode? I did. I, I kept it going for a very long time. And my brother <laughs> and my wife were a bit fucking sick of it, to be honest. I can see why. <laughs> Don't break character now. I'm not going to. You're laughing in your normal laugh. Uh, how do I laugh? <laughs> <laughs> i got a frog in my throat. How, how do you laugh? Like a Scottish Viking. <laughs> I don't think anyone else is going to find it less funny. They're probably all driving around going, the fuck is this shit? I haven't tuned into traders in business. I've tuned oh, into some tosser doing a really shitty accent. I don't think that uh, Viking warriors ever laughed. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem here. <laughs> Is that a better Viking laugh it for you? It's better. I've got tears streaming down my face. I think it sounds a bit like that that comedian guy <laughs> with the long hair in Australia. Oh, the Australian one? No, no, no. He, he speaks a bit like this. He'd probably be pissed if he knew that I was trying to say that he... I'll have to Google it. He will. I'll Google it and see what his name is. <laughs> you Google it now. Anyway. Well, I just preface the fact that uh, it is a Fuck It Friday episode and there's going to be a whole bunch of craziness in today's chat. So, we're having a rant today, aren't we? What are we ranting a rant. about? We're going to rant about stuff. What are we ranting about, Coxie? <laughs> the fact that your accent's dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have a rant for today? Yeah. We've got a rant about something. Can I break character now? No. Oh, shit. This is going to be really hard to to speak seriously about stuff that's given me the shits if i got to talk like this the whole time. All right, Cox has left us. She's left the building. So this is Warwick coming at you at the Traders in Business podcast. And today I want to talk about... <laughs> oh, sorry, that wasn't a very uh, in-character laugh. Hey, Coxie, I've got an idea for a segue. Go on. It's people who are pretending they are and not, not being themselves. <laughs> Nothing being like you. disingenuous. <laughs> is that even a word? It is a word. 
It's one of my favourite words, actually. I can't stand people who are doing things. I'm so glad you're back. To, <laughs> to either impress others or just... You know what's worse, actually, is doing something that you think other people want you to do or being a certain way because mm. you think that's what other people expect instead of actually being authentic. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can just break in and out of that I'm ridiculously laugh terrible accent. I would like to unreservedly apologize to whoever's accent that might belong <laughs> to. I think it sort of phases between... UK, well, you know, British, Scottish, Irish, and some other weird concoction of a dude that lived on an <laughs> island on his own for way too long. With Wilson. <laughs> Wilson! He's made a comeback. Oh, hey, where's Wilson? <laughs> uh, but so many of us, and look, I was guilty of this for many years, and I still do it a bit, um, not usually when I do a shit accent, <laughs> is we drop into character. Yeah, we do. And it's this this concocted, created persona, whether that's our business persona or my podcasting voice, <laughs> it, it just seems to be a natural thing that we do as humans. And I guess part of that is because we don't want to, we don't want to be singled out or mm. disadvantaged. Uh, but it's also, it becomes a bit of a problem. Uh, I think what happens is we start lying to people. Yeah, we do. And it's an easy thing to do, actually, rather than being authentic, because being authentic means you have to be vulnerable and that's actually really uncomfortable. I don't think many people, and I'll, I'll actually, I was going to say men in particular, but I don't think it's true. I think it's men or women. I think it's very even. It's uncomfortable to be vulnerable. It's uncomfortable mm. to stand out from the crowd. It's uncomfortable to take your own direction rather than just traveling along the same highway as everyone else. What do you call them? Sheeple. Sheeple. <laughs> so, <laughs> sheeple. Like a good sheeple. Uh. <laughs> oh, now you're being a New Zealander. No, I can't do a Kiwi accent. <laughs> um, so, I I have done this a lot in my life and certainly in my business. And there's simple little things. There's sneaky things. You know, I'll, I'll think a bit too hard about what shirt I put on before I go to a networking event. Yeah. And I use certain words in an email instead of just speaking how I speak. Mm. What, why, why would I change that just because, what, I think it's going to make the wrong impression or I'm not saying be mindless pardon me I'm not saying be mindless about I guess our delivery of messages because communication is really important and it's a great skill to learn I'm more talking about I suppose uh, the way we are you know I, I see a lot of business owners that try and be businessy and yes um you know, they think they have to be hard on their employees and that's how you're going to get results when if you just actually give a shit, then you'll get way more out of your people. Mm. And you know what? I, I did a session with one of our tradiepreneurs the other day about this. Um, and it just, it rammed home the point that so many of our male tradies, our, our tradie men... Um, are just really nice guys. They are nice guys. They're good blokes <laughs> like and they're me. really nice, but they're too fucking nice. And that's the problem. So many of them got into the trades because they want to help people. And and they're so worried about uh, being too hard on people mm. and losing their employees or upsetting customers that the pendulum just swings way too far the other way and they mm. stop being themselves, which in, in most respects is reasonably assertive, you know, kind of confident about... About enough stuff, but 
they're sort of playing this dampened down, pull the blanket over themselves game to be, I don't know, vanilla or palatable or mm. be liked, uh, which it's, is a huge thing from social media. Well, yes. And it doesn't serve them. Is they that what the big change over. is, though? What, trying to be liked instead <clears throat> of being honest? But social media and the way we all feel this pressure now to be liked, I don't remember, oh, maybe I do, I was going to say being at school, I don't recall, and that was a long time ago, but I don't recall needing to be liked, but I guess I did to some extent. It oh. needed to be mm. part of the cool crowd or have friends, but oh, yeah. it's this external validation that's coming from social media. I wonder how much that plays into this role. I think it's it's a big part because we've been taught by Facebook and Google and all these massive companies that are commercial enterprises that make money out of all of us for us to think this way, mm. that the more likes I have, the more interaction I have, the more engagement I have with my content, which is really an extension of me, mm. my content about my business or about my holiday or whatever it might be, the more likes I get, the better it is. Mm. And the better that is, then the better I am and the better my life will be. And I think most of you listening to this would know that that's a load of fucking bullshit. Well, if I were to relay it to what we're about to do today, we're about to do a webinar today for our subscribers and explain to them, I guess, the fact that you might have a hundred inquiries come through the door isn't necessarily a sign of a good business. In Mm. fact, it's a waste of your time. You just want those one, two, three, or four inquiries that actually lead to meaningful work where you're well paid, yep. not the hundred. Yep. So it's the same thing, right? I know. And and we we see these questions asked in the Tradies in Business group on Facebook a lot, <laughs> all the fucking time. And it's, oh, who are you using for SEO? Oh. Who are you using for Google AdWords? Who are you using for pay-per-click? And a lot of the problem is that people are getting lots of clicks but they're not actually getting customers out of it. No. And it's the wrong metric. Mm. Likes don't mean shit. They don't mean anything Just at all. Just because I've got 100 friends, and I'm doing the air quotes thing with one finger because I'm a bit too lazy to do it with two. <laughs> uh, but just because you've got a lot of friends doesn't actually mean you're a good person. No, not at all. Um, you could have you know, 90 people who don't know you that well that think you're all right, and in fact you're a dick. Do you know some of the best business I've ever received was from people I didn't particularly like? Ooh, that's an interesting uh, paradox. Well, it was. When I think about how efficient they were, okay, so that came across in their personality and I didn't really like it, but they were particularly efficient, so the job was well done. And I'm not necessarily talking about trades here when I'm reflecting over it, but it was well done, it was tidied up, it was the way it should be, it was everything that I expected. I couldn't stand them as people, but they did the best job. Mm. So why do we feel like we need to be (laughs) a particular way, a particular image, a particular spoken word that we don't necessarily normally use. Oh, look, this is this is a bit of a morph of a philosophy Friday it and is a fun now, Friday. Isn't it? Yeah, so, hello. Uh, uh, Sorry, Oliver. I was going to say, Oliver, <laughs> if you're listening, mate, this is really going to flip your lid. Sorry, uh, Oliver. <laughs> just tune out for the next uh, couple of minutes <laughs> while we dig, dig, dig into some philosophy. I've even lost the ability to speak normally. English. Yeah. I might have to go back into character. <laughs> Uh, but um, I think it's a bit of a human need to belong to the tribe. We are a tribal yes, species. I agree with that. Regardless of your beliefs, um, you know, we belong to our tribe, whether it's our footy team or, uh, you know, we're a tradie or we're a professional worker or, 
you know, we're a, a single dad. Like there's so many clubs slash tribes slash teams that we put ourselves into either because I, I guess, you know, we want to feel like we belong to a group. Supposedly, they tell us we're social creatures. I'm not much of a social creature, which is why I love podcasting because I can just sit behind a microphone <laughs> and have a one-way relationship. Uh, but we're social creatures, so we want to belong to a group. And so we do things to help us fit into that group. We wear the colors or we yes. speak a certain way or we don't tell people that we're not making any money because the rest of the group appears to be making money. So if they found out that I wasn't making any money in my trade business, maybe they wouldn't let me stay in their group. How many people do you know that go out and buy a big fancy car? I've got one in the driveway that I should never have bought because we were trying to attract the right kind of client. Oh, right? my gosh. I did that too. Or you go out and you buy a specific uniform because you think it's the Armani shirt that your target client might like to see you in. Yep. Or you as a builder get caught up. And this was a really big paradox for us in our construction company. You get caught up in trying to be the person, a reflection of your client. Rather than just being the bloody builder that you are. Just be yourself. Yes. And and embrace the fact that you will attract a certain type of person and that that's actually a better person to attract than the concocted um, pretend image that you're putting out there because it's not who you are anyway. And I can attest to that. You're not You're not a fancy car driver. No. I must say I was... I love a, my car, but I'm not a fancy yeah, it's, car driver. it's an impressive space shuttle, but <laughs> I... <laughs> I must say, when I first got to know you some years ago now, I was a little bit like perplexed about the car mm. and the person because mm-hmm. it was like once I got to know you as in who you really are yes. and we have some fantastic, um, you know, kitchen island conversations in, in our respective houses about all sorts of stuff. But it's like, huh? You know, there's, mm. that, there's that little conflict in my mind that – that doesn't seem like you. It's not. And so if I'm doing that, surely your clients would be doing that. Well, at the time, I think we perfectly constructed the ideal life of a client. Maybe you thought you did. I think so. It didn't work. We ended up with the worst customers we'd ever had. Bingo. And mm. I reckon that's what happens. We th- we think we're fooling everybody, mm. but we're smoking our own gas because... <laughs> Very much. It's... It may not be as obvious as someone saying, "Hey, you're not wearing the right shirt. You're, mm. you're not a you're not a Ralph Lauren shirt wearing kind of a guy. You look more like a Bonds t-shirt, dude." Mm. No one's going to say that, but it's no. just that unspoken, perhaps even unconscious knowing that people have where they feel like, uh, I don't know." doesn't fit. And then it puts a little bit of doubt in their mind about that without them realizing what's going on. And then they start to question other more obvious things like mm. your pricing or your communication with subbies or is, is that tiling actually the way it's supposed to be? Yes. And, you know, sometimes we wonder with clients, whatever trade you're in, it's like they started out so good. Mm. How did they turn out to be such a prick? That's a common question, isn't it? And I'm I'm sort of throwing it out there that maybe it's this thing where we're not actually being true to label mm. from the start. And it just puts that sort of those seeds of doubt mm-hmm. in the other person's mind. But it manifests differently. It manifests in a way that, you know, people don't know to say, I think you're being a little disingenuous with your philosophical energy that you're putting out to the universe. Holy moly. They actually say... I don't think that's the handles that we picked for the yeah. house. 
and it comes out as something different. Mm. Same way that people won't say, oh, I just didn't have a good feeling about you. They say, oh, you're too expensive. So true, isn't it? Right? They'll say something that's kind of innocuous and makes sense and everybody says it's a bit of a, a, a palm off mm. because they don't feel comfortable being honest. No, they don't because, again, you need to be vulnerable, to be honest. It all comes back to that vulnerability. That's a hard thing to do. I had this conversation last night with my beautiful wife in the grocery store and I think at that point she was probably not feeling quite as supportive and um, <laughs> and uh, attached to me as she normally does <laughs> because I supposedly, according to other people, I can be a little black and white sometimes about things. You cannot. <laughs> I don't believe you. And at the age and stage of life that mm. I'm at... I I probably give less fucks about what other people think than I ever have before, which is mm-hmm. probably pretty natural progression for most of us. You know, we get to a particular stage of life where it's like, I don't really care if that person thinks I'm a dick because so I don't know them and their opinion doesn't really matter to me. Correct. Um, but we were having a conversation standing in line in the grocery store last night about the state of health of mm-hmm. of uh, the sad state of health of so many of our fellow Australians and our fellow humans, and it's just evident by looking around the grocery store, particularly the area we live. There's a lot, a, a higher proportion of lower socioeconomic mm-hmm. residents, and and I was just standing there marvelling at the the clear sign that something is broken about our system. You know, our food system, our health system. Um, the advice we're being given, our governments, you know, the stuff we're being told is clearly not working. You've just got to look at the evidence in front of our fucking noses. Mm. Just like if you weren't very good at your trade, I would be able to see the fact that the the pipe is pissing water out of all the joins. Mm. It's like, you actually know what you're doing here? Yeah. So we're happy to do it with that. Yes. But when we look at health, you know, and so I got into perhaps a little more audible conversation. Maybe a little ranty one. Than I used to. Oh, not so much a rant, but I was just saying like, surely people can see what's going on here, honey. Mm. No, they <laughs> it's can't. It's like sure. a chick just went past me on a mobility scooter with a five-year-old kid standing on the footboards and the woman would seriously have had to have weighed close to 200 kilos She couldn't even turn her head. She was recruiting other shoppers in the center to get shit off the shelves for her. And there wasn't a single fucking vegetable carton of eggs or tray of chicken in her shopping trolley. It was just everything from the middle of the store. It's terrifying, isn't it? And I just, I felt really, really sad. Mm. But I also expounded about the state of our system. and, And I actually got a little prod from my wife, which is... Not unusual, <laughs> but but also, you know, she was encouraging me just to let it go and not perhaps mm. have that conversation in public, in part because of what other people would think. Right. And I looked around and I thought, I don't fucking care what they think. No. But no one's willing to have, no, not no one, not enough people are willing to have that conversation about health. And I think we're winding right back to what this was going to be about right in the very beginning, and that is the common philosophy, if you like, or the coming sheeples idea that Mm. most tradies don't make money or they make profit, but they don't see it. There's no cash in the bank at the end of the year. We're just meant to slog our guts out. Bullshit. It's not true. No, it's not meant to be like that. And it, and it isn't because we have members that are fucking crushing it and non-members too. You know, there's Mm. some fantastic 
trade businesses out there that are providing much more of the things that we all want than a lot of us. So true. And some of them you don't even know about because they're not out there no. driving around in their hundred thousand dollar two hundred series or you know posting photos of them circumnavigating Morton Island on the jet ski or <laughs> whatever the hell, right? That's it. And often the people posting all those pictures, uh, it's the old joke. They're compensating for something. Yeah, and they're in extraordinary amounts of debt, most of them. Yeah. Because they're just trying to project an image. And I know, and, and I think of some of the people who listen to this podcast um, avidly, I know there's there's some of you listening to this that have been through that mm. and probably been through it recently, and I'm picturing a few people mm-hmm. um, that have had that realization, thankfully quite early in life, you know, young couples. And I had someone say this to me just the other day. It's like, you know what I've realized was, it doesn't that shit doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, they used to be really attached to the the jet ski or the Hilux or the holiday or the freaking ski trip or whatever the hell it was. And they've actually realized that that shit is just all a social construct. Mm. And it was all part of the, that's what you have to do to look like a successful, insert trade here, so that people will work with you. Mm. Because if you're getting around like I am in a busted old 80 series. The jalopy? That I have owned outright for approximately 20 years <laughs> that doesn't owe me a single cent. Yeah. And still gets me to all the same locations without any debt. Yes. And that money goes into, you know, savings and that sort of stuff. It's like, I actually, I'm proud of that mm. because... I have I've thought many many times over the years. Oh my gosh! I've literally left that car in the shed, and taken the eighty thousand dollar Audi mm. to go call on a business coaching client, so that they don't see the shit box that yes, I have at home. Because you know we believe that your client should never see that because then they might start to question your worth. And I actually learned that lesson number of hard ways, one through the divorce and also through continuing to pay for the lease on the Audi after the divorce (laughs) Um, and then proceeded to sell the car for fuck all um, and be left with the the negative equity. I love how they call it negative equity. Why don't they just call it debt? It's just a paradox that I can't even wrap my head around. It's debt. Okay, it's not negative equity. (laughs) You're just left with a great big hole in your pocket. But I I recall turning up to someone's uh, place a business coaching client a few years ago now, in my jalopy, as you call it, <laughs> um, a good old lady, and they actually said that the fact that I turned up in that car and that I didn't care and I parked it right out the front and that it looks pretty tired because the paint's stuffed on it because I haven't got around to restoing it yet, um, they thought that was awesome. Mm, of course they did. Because they went, oh, you're a real guy. Yeah. You're not a wanker like all those other business coaches. Right. Hallelujah. So, I think, you know, listening to this, where are you pretending in your life, in your business? You know, if you if you were a bit more honest and open about, well, maybe your stress levels or the fact that you're not happy with your health or that you're a bit lost when it comes to your cash flow or that you've got no fucking idea what you're doing with staff and leadership and management. The cool thing about that is once once we actually do that, and I found this in my life, help actually rushes in to fill that gap or that, that space that gets created. 
you know, help can actually flow into that space. Because when you say, fuck, I'm really struggling, hey, I just, I'm really, really struggling with my stress levels, was like, oh, holy shit, man, I had no idea. Mm. Yeah, okay. No, I'm not. I'm not sleeping. Um, I'm waking up thinking about money and I'm peeking out, man. I just, I don't, I don't think I'm getting anywhere and I don't know how to deal with it. I'm like, I can then say to you, shit, dude, well, why don't we go grab a coffee and, and have a chat about it? Because I've seen people in way worse situations than you pull through it and actually, you know, do really well. Thrive. And it might not be your stress and mental health. It might just be that you don't understand your profit and loss. Do you know how many trades, well, you know how many trades. <laughs> I am surprised, I'll reframe the question. I am surprised, now it's a statement, how many tradies don't understand their cash flow. And you know what? It's bloody normal, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can actually project what you're going to earn at least three months in advance. Yep. Isn't that mind-blowing? Yep. So you can see in hmm, December, November, December, how are you going to be situated throughout the Christmas break and beyond? Because we all know that's a shit time of year. And you can be looking at that in September, October. Thank you. And so you're putting <laughs> the steps in place and suddenly you don't have the massive hole you thought you were going to have. And all that's holding you back is your ego because you're not comfortable enough to put your hand up and say, I need a bit of help. Oh, ouch. You used the E word. I did. <laughs> I'm quite comfortable with the fact my own ego gets in the way. And oh, can put absolutely. my hand up and say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I love scoring points for my ego. Do you? You don't do it anymore, do you? Yeah, I still do. Do you? Can you recognize it when you do it? I do. Yeah. I try and slap myself down when I do it. Can I do the slapping? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. I'll probably enjoy it anyway. So. <laughs> that you are n- Every episode. <laughs> but it is, um, I reckon it's impossible to escape that. It's just getting that recognition and awareness around our behavior. Awareness is the right word. Mm. And I think when we're aware of the fact that we're acting with our ego rather than our vulnerability, we can make changes. Yeah. And I I did this for our 90-day planning group recently. Um, and if you haven't uh, gone and checked that out, the next one is coming up on the 27th of March yep. in Briz, Vegas. Yes. Uh, so make sure you go to the Facebook page and check that one out. There but, is also <clears throat> an online one coming too. Yep. So if you can't make it to the live Brizzy event, mm-hmm. uh, you can actually grab a spot to the online version, which will be a, a few days after that, I think on the 29th or 30th or something. 31st. Uh, there you go. My maths isn't that great. But you should check your cash flow. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was at our last uh, TIB 90, so our 90-day planning events that we run for our, our tradies in business, where we literally get you to plan out your next 90 days. And um, one of the principles that I threw up on the whiteboard was this idea that recognition plus awareness mm. equals choice. Oh, I like it. And you know, once we recognize that we're not where we want to be and our behaviors aren't serving us... And if we can combine some awareness of what it is we're doing to create that, then we can actually start to choose differently. And that's that change that you were referring to, Coxie. Yes, it See, is. See, I'm a fancy business coach that you comes just up with formulas. Absolutely wrap that up beautifully. <laughs> I will put a bow on that for you. <laughs> we should turn that into a meme. <laughs> uh, and it, it is making those different choices, though. And yes. it requires awareness. That recognition and awareness is kind of the first stage to choosing differently. Now, whether that's choosing to do a stupid accent on a podcast (laughs) or to stick your hand up in a group and say, I've got no idea what's going on with my financials. 
Has anybody else had any experience with that? Can I just point out before we move past that? Sorry, Tim, butt in, but no, I'm going to. not. There is so much power in doing that for yourself because once you've put your hand up, you'll find that 80% of the people in your group feel exactly the same way. It's really hard to take that first step to vulnerability, but you will generally find out that most other people don't know either and they're just pleased somebody asked the question so we can all learn from the answer. The world needs more... I saw an awesome video that summed this up and uh, it was... um, shared at a at a like professional personal development program that I went to years ago. Uh, and it was a video of a bunch of people at a, at a music festival and this whole hillside of people all sitting down. And there was a vacant area out in the middle and this one person got up and started dancing. Probably intoxicated, doesn't really matter. That person's my spirit animal. They got up. They were the first to get up. And the, the point of the lesson though was that it wasn't the first person that got up that caused a big shift because that person was dancing there and everybody else was in the majority and they were in the minority mm. and everyone sat there and kind of, you know, a bit of a laugh and some people looking sideways thinking, who's this weirdo dancing when we're all sitting here. And then one more person got up yeah. and started dancing with them and you could just see the shift. It's like, Oh, someone else has joined the lone idiot up the front <laughs> and it's that, that supporter person. Yes. It's that, you know what? I'm going to be brave enough to support that guy or girl and get up with them and have a dance too. And as soon as that second person got up, it was like seconds later, there was another two and then four more and then 15. And next thing, next minute, the entire hillside is up dancing and it actually all came from that second yes. mad person yes. that went, I'm going to bridge the gap between this lunatic out front and the rest of us sitting here on our asses thinking look at that fucking weirdo (laughs) and so i feel like the world needs more of you to step into that second person to follow along space because there's to be honest there's people like coxie and i sticking our necks out here doing things like tradies in business and there's some other fantastic um, players in our space that most of you would have either followed listened to maybe been to some of their events And I think part of the problem is that we're all out here trying to be that first person dancing. Mm. In fact, we are. Mm. We're just out here dancing here on our own. But it takes that second person to start a movement. Yes, it does. And we're seeing this in our group. You know, someone will make a comment and then a second person will jump on that comment and say, yeah, I had a similar experience and here's what happened. And we we watch the flood of comments come in after Mm. that. But if someone comments and there's not that second one, if you don't jump in and support that person, they're the threads that die. Yeah, and they do. Because it stays as that lone individual and everyone's like, fuck, I'm not being the second person to get on there and comment. No. I don't want to look like an idiot. Exactly. But that kills that that growth and change and innovation and community. Kills the community. So anyway, that was a, that was a bit of philosophy for you, Oliver. I bet uh, you got very ranty in your philosophy. Yes. So, so you ticked all the boxes. So uh, there's lots of people sticking their hand up saying, hey, I'm not okay. I'm not, um, I don't understand my financials. Get in there and support them. Mm. Get in there and say, you know what? Me either. Yeah. What can we confusing. do about it, buddy? It's confusing as shit. We were, and I'm going to call out our new drawing board nicely. Uh-huh. And we onboarded a new board onboarded a new board of members for a drawing board which is our sort of mid-level program and these poor buggers we took them through the spreadsheet i think we scared the pants (laughs) off deers in headlights they really were the poor things (laughs) but you know what i know 
is that within three months, they will understand all of that and finally have some control over the financials in their business. They will finally understand where they're headed. They will finally understand where the mistakes have been being made. Mm. They will finally understand how to plan for a future of growth, whether that growth be business growth or personal growth. They get that that understanding so quickly, three months every time. It's like the light bulb goes off. And it comes from... Being willing to be honest. Being vulnerable. Putting my hand up and saying, I need a bit of help. And that was what I said to my my darling wife in the grocery (laughs) store last night. I said, you know what? All this PC bullshit, I'm not even in politics. Why do I need to be politically correct? Mm -hmm. I'm not a fucking politician. And I don't think it's, you know, it's not about fat shaming or anti-vaxxers or vegans or people who aren't making a profit. I think the problem is people are uncomfortable with the truth because it, it shines a light on what they're not happy about in themselves. Very true. And if that means I can't be honest because someone else chooses to feel bad about that, then I I really fear for society, to be honest. Mm. Oh, there you go, to be honest. Um, it's even part <laughs> of our vernacular, to be honest. Yes. It's like we have to qualify the fact that, well, if I'm going to be honest, here's what I'm going to say. Why yes. can't we just be honest? Yes. It doesn't mean I have to be abrasive or abusive or offensive, whatever the fuck that means. Um, but I'm just being honest. Mm. I feel sad for people who are unhealthy. I feel I feel pain and and disappointment for tradies in business that aren't making any money because they mm. bust their humps, husbands and wives and partners and... It's like, I feel bad about that. And that's why, Coxie, you and I rant about this shit because we want to see change for those people. Not for us, for those people. I think we also know that whilst it takes a lot of work, it's quite easy to make these changes. None of them are mind-blowing. They will make you uncomfortable at times. Absolutely. The truth is is prickly and ugly and slimy and stinky. (laughs) Have you put a hedgehog in your mouth? I have. No. I've put a hedgehog in my mouth and it tastes like <laughs> shit. But it is, right? It is freaking hard work. It is really uncomfortable, but you get over that uncomfort really quickly. And with getting over the uncomfort comes the empowerment, to use a wanky word, but I don't know which other word to use. We're going to empower everybody, we Nicole. Will, but <laughs> there is something really empowering about understanding what's going on with your money. Oh, absolutely. There is something really powerful about understanding that if you put some money aside for your GST, it'll actually get paid every time. There's something really powerful about going through all of your expense. Expens- you can't even say expenses. No. <laughs> Costs. <laughs> <laughs> and understanding where the gaps are. Like these things are uncomfortable because you made those choices, but you can fix them with the power of that knowledge. I think that might be the scariest bit for some people. Is the fact porcupine in the mouth, kidna in the mouth. That's probably uncomfortable. <laughs> um, that sounded like one of the dudes from Oasis. Mm. So, no, it's the fact that they can change it. Because if I accept that I can change it, then I have to accept that I created it in the first place. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> deep stuff for a Friday. But I hope our younger tradies are listening to this episode. This is a really powerful episode, to use the language word again. Should we edit out the weird accent at the start? No, so. let's leave it on because they'll <laughs> laugh through it and they might actually stay <laughs> and listen. Who's this fucking idiot? Don't you wish you had learned these lessons when you were in your 20s rather than in your late 30s? I wish someone had taught me about the principle of ownership and control over my outcomes in life when I was 18. 
Would have been fantastic. Before then would even be better because we make some pretty reckless 16. choices as teenagers. I was a bit of a straight dude as a young guy. I was not. First girlfriend was when I was 19. Right. You and I would not have been friends at school. You were one of the chicks that intimidated me. <laughs> I have no <laughs> so doubt. So was my current wife. <laughs> current wife? That sounds terrible. Just you're my work wife. So yes. so, so my was wife... My wife was fairly um, confident mm. at school. Interestingly, <laughs> I always was, I don't know if I was confident, but I was very uh, direct. Maybe I did have a sense of confidence without really understanding that's was, what it was. Was it real or was it feigned? So interesting. Actually, I've had a really big deep think about this today and this might just go on on a whole new tangent. We need to loop back to the young person thing. We do. And this is where we're coming from because I now am the person I wish I was in my 20s. Hang on, hang on. I've got to process that. Uh, okay, I got it. Well done. And I'm just one of the tradies we're working with at the moment, the 40-year-old plaster who's going to hell, is learning all these lessons now too. Had he have been able to learn them at 20, he wouldn't be in the hell that he's in right now, right? Hmm. Because so much of this not giving a fuck comes through experience and finally being okay with who we are and what we believe. And if we knew that when we were younger, and when I was much younger, right up till about... I'm going to say 20 when I had my daughter. I was really firm, direct, sure about who I was. I lost myself when I had my daughter young. I didn't find it again until I was maybe 28, 30. Jeez. And then I, my entire life changed when I found that power back again. But then I lost it again for a while. Or I didn't lose it. I actually gave it away. I gave it away for a while. And I finally have it back. Finally have it back. And all of that is just, it's probably part of this, the circle of learning. And obviously, I didn't get the lessons the first time around, so I had to come back and revisit them. Thank you very much. But the power that I now have in knowing who I am and what I believe in and being okay with that, whether it's popular or not, means that I can have a meaningful life. I don't have to worry about the fact I feel vulnerable by putting my hand up and saying, you know what, I just don't get cash flow. Can somebody please take me through it? Or I just don't get how to work with staff. I don't get it. They, they're always shit. They don't turn up on time. They won't do the work the way I want them to. Mm. I need some help with that, please. Mm. I don't have a problem with that vulnerability anymore. I see that new. I see it in my husband who's the same age. Uh, you know, I, I do think it's an age thing, but if we could start to empower some of our tradies to be understanding this when they're young, mm. we all have better businesses. And I feel like it would um, reduce some of the bullshit bravado and mistreatment yes. of others because I was bullied my entire school off. Mm. Like, well, we call it bullying now. Back then they called it being picked on. Um, and, you know, it was physically assaulted. I had my arm broken. I had a knife held to my throat. Um, I'm talking like, 13 years old. That's horrible. And and so I spent my entire life just trying to stay meek and quiet and mm. passive and fit in and not upset anybody. And so that became my my uh, narrative yes. throughout my whole life. And I, I honestly didn't step into feeling like I'm okay with who I am. And that doesn't mean I have to mistreat others to be that way. Yes. Because I don't give a fuck what other people think, but I don't treat other people like shit in no, the process. No. It's actually the flip side. I was more angry and aggressive and everything through my probably late 20s and into my 30s, just in my the way I did business, the way I did sales, the way I did relationships in an attempt to cover up the fact that I was shitting bricks every time I spoke to another human. Um, whereas now, because I'm okay with who I am to a greater extent, it's it's an ongoing process. Always. 
I actually, I can sit and listen to someone talk about something that I disagree with without feeling the need to actually prove them wrong. Mm. And I feel like a lot of the aggression that we see in workplaces and relationships and everything actually stems from the, the uh, you know, this is my personal theory, stems from the fact, in inverted commas, that most people have no fucking idea who they are, mm. what they actually stand for what's important to them like our values and beliefs all seem to be is pretty much imprinted on us by corporations like facebook google you know you name them they're, they're telling us what to think and we let them we do it's not their fault no it's that we let them do that and you know i'm about to unplug from a couple of big um companies that provide particular solutions to business because i don't I don't agree with their values. I don't agree how they behave in the world as corporations. And so I'm choosing not to support them with my money hmm. or my custom. And I'm okay with that. Of course. I'm not going to go on online and post a one-star review about them and try and somehow bring down the establishment. Because it's not going to work on the gravity that you're talking about anyway. No. So, yeah, I agree with you about you know getting young people to be more in touch with who they are think they are or if they're not sure about who they are and that's okay to do some discovery work around that so that you don't wait till you like me you know early 40s and divorced a second time and lost everything that you'd spent 20 years working up and building um have it all evaporate Mm. in the space of 12 months to go yeah maybe i need to do a bit more self-discovery work because that's Expensive and painful yeah. and destructive and not fun. It's horrific. Wow. So that don't be like us. Heavy, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, don't, Oliver. Don't be like Bob. Don't be like <laughs> us. Learn this while you're young. Thank you, young tradies that are listening, and the tradies in our age bracket or older. Please let us know how your journey was. Was yeah. it like ours? And it was a little bit. You know, we had to dip into it a few times before we found it. Or did you know from when you were 16 that you shit didn't stink and you were awesome and you're okay with that? And I don't believe half the people that fucking reckon that anyway. And I believe, and that's what we try to do here. Tradies in business is create authentic conversations. I'm I'm going to challenge the men listening to this. I'm going to challenge you to get up and dance with someone else who's actually had the balls to stand up and just have a dance. Can I end this with a little story? Absolutely. So I want I want the men listening to this to actually. You don't have to take up the challenge. You don't have to do shit, as I told Mitch recently. Uh, <laughs> hey, g'day, Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mitch. Uh, so um, you don't have to do anything. And if you want to see the trades improve, if you want to see your own life improve, if you want to see community improve, if you want tradies in business to, to be even more awesome than our members say it is, mm. Be the second person that gets up and follows someone. If you see someone comment online, I see some comments die in our group and I it's, re- it's really disappointing to me that people don't chime in and support that person Yes, because they have just literally unbuttoned their shirt and shown their heart mm-hmm. and everyone just stands by and lets them look like a dick. Mm. And I think that's piss poor, particularly for the men. I yes. think that's a big part of our role is we should be stepping in there and saying, hey, it's okay, you know, buddy or... I don't know what's a good a good uh, familiar term for women. 
It's hard not to use one. We don't really have one. No. See, I try mate, but babe. then some. No. Girls that's call each other. So, I don't. It's I would like a millennial call thing. a woman babe. No, you can't say it to a woman. But if a, if a man steps in and says, it's okay, well, let's just use her name. It's okay, Nicole. Yeah. Um, I've had the same experience or my wife has struggled with the same thing. Yes. Be that guy. That's my challenge to the men listening. Over to you, I'm going to end on a story. Story time. The story time, <laughs> uh, story time children. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I love live music. Regularly Me go too. and see live music. So this is clearly lending into your being that one person at the festival thing. Recently went to see Kate Miller Heike in oh, our little she's town. Awesome. She was awesome, and it was a seated auditorium. <laughs> Except when the music's really good, I can't stay seated. But you know, I stood that whole concert on my own. No way. Not, no one supported you. I danced. Not even the builder. Not even the builder. No, the builder was like, oh, builder, come on. But that entire concert, even the people behind me did not get up. They were probably complaining about the fact you were blocking their view. Don't care. It was a concert. You meant to dance. You meant to enjoy. I've never been prouder of myself than I was after that. I got a wave and a tip of the hat and thank you very much. Good on you. Mm. What, from Kate Miller-Heidke? Yes, and her husband was there as well. He's lovely. Nice work. And it was just simply because... When I enjoy something, particularly music, my body enjoys it. I can't keep still. So there you are. Well, you and I are going to dance at the beginning of our <laughs> webinar. <laughs> we'll do the whole thing standing up. We will. So you're going to miss this webinar because this episode's going to go out after, after. we've done it. Yep. But check out our Facebook page, Tradies and Business. There are webinars coming up every couple of weeks and an awesome live event, the 90-day planning event that Warwick spoke to quite quickly earlier. Not just for our members. You can come in too mm. as a non-member yep yep but you need to get over to facebook to check it out so go check out the facebook page um and if you're not in the group tradies in business on good old stalkbook we love a bit of stalkbook action um then make sure you join that because we do actually release a lot of uh, special offers and stuff to our free members via that group uh which you may not hear about on the public page so get get in there be part of the community be one of the people in the dance yes and um don't uh, don't hide behind funny accents when you do a podcast. <laughs> and, you know, dance like that machine they have out the front of the car yard. You know, the one <laughs> yeah. with the wavy arms. I always wish I could dance like that. You can. I think you just I'm just going to let yourself dancer. go. My wife tells me I'm a really good dancer. Well, we're going to find out in a minute. Yeah, we are. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks for listening, gang. Uh, we love being in your ear holes and we appreciate uh, those of you in our community. You're all awesome. We saw a display of that recently and it was very humbling. And uh, Coxie and I are going to keep doing what we're doing. So uh, Come and join us. Be yeah. the second person. Be a part of the dance. Mm-hmm. Hooroo. Bye. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.